0: Welcome to Hardcore Penn State Football. I'm Corey Lestocki. With me, as always, the great Sean Kane will be joining us, as well as Brandon Bell. We are breaking down the Illinois Fighting Illini, as well as some final thoughts on Delaware and your fan questions, as always. Be back in one second. Wherever you're listening, wherever you're watching, please make sure that you're subscribed. football i'm Corey listokey with me sean kane and the goat we have a a number 11 in our presence former linebacker for penn state brandon bell how are you doing today brandon
1: what's going on guys what's going on feeling good looking forward to another week of uh, penn state football for sure
0: you know Friend of the pod, I would say. Now, once you've come on the show twice, you're officially a friend of the pod. So congratulations on that honor. And um, I don't want to bless you too much, but it is our 100th official episode on Hardcore Penn State football. So um, you are the honorary guest getting us in a triple digits. So so thank you for joining us. That's big time. That's big time, man. I'm uh, happy for you guys and I'm honored to be the 100th guest. Absolutely. I don't remember how well you did on the, the guest pick them last year. I don't think you did great. So I think you're going to have to redeem yourself a little bit here.
1: Yeah, I'm ready. I need to do that. I need to do that. <laughs> I, I didn't look up my score, but I know I didn't do too
0: well. I remember that. Yeah, I, like you started up at the top, but then as like more weeks started, you kept kind of creeping <laughs> them a little bit. Um, hey, I, I called you former Penn State linebacker, but we should call you current podcaster. Got yourself a podcast with Christian Hackenberg. Uh, we had some technical difficulties with him a couple of weeks ago. Um, but what's that been like? I believe you just recorded your third episode this week, correct?
1: Yeah. Yeah, I did. And it's been, it's been going well. It's fun. And that's why I give even more of a, uh, applause to you guys for 100th episode. I mean, now that I'm doing it, I kind of get a better feel for it. Uh, so, yeah, 100 is a big deal. And we're just getting episode three, making it work right now. A lot of, uh, you know, making schedules work, as you guys, I'm sure, know. And uh, looking forward just keep it consistent. And then it's fun. It's definitely fun when Penn State is winning. So you need to keep that up, too.
0: You know, we always say, like, not necessarily in our case, but a lot of, like, <clears throat> Penn State fans of the media will always be like, oh, like, you don't want Penn State to win. It's like, no, 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 no. Like, <laughs> more people tune in. More people, like, interact with us when Penn State's winning. 100%. And it's not even close. So, yeah, let's let's keep the Nittany Lions in the win column um, and keep them out of the loss column for as long as possible. That, that always helps a lot. Right. Uh, what has been, I guess, the best part of the podcast so far? Like, I don't know how close you and Hack were before this. Like, obviously, you knew each other, but, like, how has that relationship kind of uh, be, begun to build over the last, I guess, month now?
1: It's been good. It's been good. I mean, I think Hack and I, we've always had, you know, a mutual I don't know, Bond, I guess, even if we weren't necessarily hanging out, you know, the most. And then before COVID, well before COVID, we both were still playing. I ran into him on the highway, him and Garrett Sickles. We're, uh, I'm turning on, uh, what is it, Exit 1 in Trenton, going towards Philly. And I see those guys in the big truck and we're literally looking at each other out the window. I'm like, to me, I'm like, what are you guys doing in this part of Jersey? Like, I'm from here. I live here. And then I found out Hack had just moved, and Garrett was visiting. So ever since then, me and Hack been kind of, you know, got a lot closer. I guess after post college, uh, post playing career, and then we both went to Bangles for a short stint. Um, drove through the country, drove back home once or twice. So we've always been tight, trained together a little bit in that time too. And when AB gave me the call, the text to um, see if I was down to do the podcast, said i would be with Hack. And like I said, you know, once I heard that, I knew it'd be easy. We could definitely do that. It'd be a good time. It'd be natural. And I think it's been just that so far. And our relationship is getting better. And I think that only help us on camera.
0: What do you think of his crib? Like we see the basement, but like is <laughs> the rest nice. of the house like that too? Or does he is he put all of the cool stuff in the basement?
1: No, I think all the cool stuff's in the basement.
0: It's wife, okay. Tatum, wife Tatum, uh Penn State alum as well. Yeah, I don't think he's going for that too much. Gotcha. I gotcha. You know, uh, Evan Schwan and Garrett Sickles, kind of like unsung heroes of that 2016 Ohio State game. So, shout out to Garrett Sickles there. Yeah. Um, I think most of our
1: squad, most of that squad could be called unsung heroes. That's, that's want, a good point. That's a good way to
0: put it. Uh, yeah, you and Kabinda were battling through stuff in that game, too. So, um we were talking a little bit about that, and maybe this is a good way. We, you know, we're talking about this current football team, and obviously, we'll get to your guest picks and and what you have for this weekend for Penn State a little bit later. But mm-hmm. just overall, looking at this team right now, do you like where they're at? Do you, do you think you know they have what it takes to maybe go on something like that 2016 run and and get back to Indianapolis?
1: They definitely have what it takes to get back to Indy. I mean, whether they make it happen, I think is the ultimate obvious obvious question, but. That's what the stuff that we don't know from the outside is like, What what is the nucleus like of that team? Because ultimately that de- determines where, how far they go. Talent aside, we know you have talent. They have depth. They have everything in the making ingredients to be a superb team, elite team, the word elite. And let's see if they'll make it happen. I'm, that's why I'm optimistic.
2: Yeah, I think optimism has been <clears throat> the word around here, especially, you know, Corey and I, Sometimes it almost feels like we're reaching for negatives and we're hyper focusing yeah. on a couple plays here and there. And I feel like that's what we're all doing as uh Penn State fans right now. Uh, but you know, the main source of optimism, it seems like among the fans has been Drew Aller. So what stands out to you so far into it with the when it comes to when it comes to Drew and his play?
1: Yeah, I think that optimism definitely comes from that when, you know, you know, you got a stud at the most position, most important position. I mean, that does make you, you know, breathe a little bit better on Saturdays. But for Drew, to me, it's just it's been the uh, the comfortability. I mean, he looks like he belongs on every play in the pocket. He's comfortable. And I think that's, that just goes a long way, even outside of the, all the talent that he definitely has and we keep hearing about you know, able to make all the different throws and everything like that. I think it's the leadership and all the intangibles I think that make me like kind of sit back on Saturdays. And obviously the games haven't been too tight, but when those moments come, I believe in Drew in those moments already.
0: Yeah, it didn't look like he was starting his second game on Saturday. Just exactly. it almost felt like he'd been there for a longer period of time. If you're watching TV. You're watching a football game this weekend on TV, which I'm assuming a lot of Penn State fans will be. I don't want to guarantee it, but I feel like there's a likely chance that they're, at some point they're going to bring up Abdul Carter and the fact that he's wearing number 11. <laughs> and I have, you know, stood on top of a hill and shouted at anybody who would listen that they do not mention Brandon Bell in that conversation nearly enough when it comes to number 11. Uh, w- what did it mean to wear number 11? And you know, as far as passing that down, what have you seen from Abdul Carter so far that has you kind of excited?
1: Yeah. I mean, uh, number 11 on your back is definitely, you know, it's a feel good. It just feel good. You feel almost like almost like a Cape going out there on Saturdays, Uh, you know, Superman, Cape, Batman, Cape, whatever it may be. Um, And it's just kind of, you take on that pressure of just being that guy on defense. And I think for me, at least, you know, obviously there was plenty of guys. I'm a team player, so it wasn't like it was all me just going out there and wanting to make those plays for the team, for the teammates. And it was a beautiful moment, beautiful time, too. Yeah, about two years of my career, definitely the better half. Uh, And it was a true honor. And then as far as passing it down, I mean, I think because of the networks and they speak on it so much, it almost helps. But people know it's a thing now. It's a big deal. So, guys, whether it's Micah, Abdul, they understand the same thing. You got to go out there and just cut loose and be the baller that you know you are. And we've seen that so far with Abdul. I think there's definitely way more to come as they hone in, settle in on this defense in this season this year. I, I'm expecting big, big things, game-changing plays from Abdul Carter. And I think – I believe they will come. How they come, whether it's a sack or, you know, interception, whatever it may be, just a big tackle – we don't know, but he surely has the talent to really affect three different levels of the field.
2: It seems like such a brotherhood, like being able to wear that number 11. Do you guys uh, do you guys, uh, stay tight with each other?
1: Yeah, I think definitely with social media. And I give a lot of credit to, well, first of all, Coach Franklin, this environment he set at Penn State. The family atmosphere, I mean, it's such a real thing. Not It's not a recruiting pitch, but... You really kind of feel that. So it makes it easier for guys of all ages to kind of connect and talk. You see it at the games. Everyone's chit-chatting on the sidelines, dapping up. Uh, So it makes that easier. than with social media, you know, LeVar has definitely, you know, been at the helm of this. And he takes full advantage of, you know, his kind of notoriety and makes it easier, too. I mean, it's on TV. You hear about it. There's features. There's this. There's that. So
0: it's definitely a big deal. And I'm just uh, glad to be a part of it you played a lot as a freshman at Penn state was, you know, was there any, I guess, thought when you got back on the field as a sophomore that you were trying too hard at some moments, or you, you know, you thought that, you know, you could do something more than just what you needed to do. And maybe you played outside of your game and how do you kind of, I guess, combat that and kind of get back to just, you know, doing your job and trusting others, especially on defense.
1: Yeah, definitely. I mean, for me, I remember going into my sophomore year, like you said, played a good amount freshman year. And then, yeah, I felt like I was, you know, ready to be one of the guys. And my, you know, my position, my role on the team in the beginning wasn't necessarily that. And I remember, you know, I think the first game UCF, we were in Ireland that year. You know, I was kind of just base down linebacker and I didn't necessarily like that. You know, you're coming out on important plays, third down and things of that nature. And to me, I think I had a good um, support system, my football support system, at least I'll say, that kind of just kind of get you back on track. Like, Hey, I know you want to, you know, do this and be this, but just let the game come to you how it's always been throughout your career. You know, obviously you're made it to Penn state. You're, you're a pretty good football player. Just let the game come to you and then just, just rely and trust the team and the game plan and then fall back on your God-given abilities to run and tackle pretty much. Get to the ball and think good things
3: will will, will happen. Absolutely,
0: absolutely. Um, Sean, do you have anything else before we kind of get back to the, the football life of things?
2: Yeah, um, we talked a little bit off camera about, um, you know, M- Manny Diaz's stab versus Brent Price. Uh, you played under Bob Shoup as well um you know what about Manny's style do you think really makes it go like what what's what's kind of the magic sauce in it uh if you will I think the magic sauce
1: and I had a chance to speak with a few guys um this past summer is just the kind of mindset it's the mindset we obviously know it's an aggressive play calling style but that doesn't work if you don't have the same mindset as the D coordinator so really you know we're gonna and a lot of decoordinators say D coordinators say this in any levels, but we're gonna, you know, make the offense react to us. And that isn't necessarily the case, it doesn't necessarily happen, but you have to be like all on board mindset, attack, attack, attack. And I think these guys have that to where the offense has to react to you. You know, defense isn't going off what the offense is doing, they have to react to the pressure, the looks, the different looks. And I think the guys are bought in and it allows them to play fast and get to the sideline to sideline. So now they just got to, you know, keep putting it all together, getting on the same page to do just that.
0: A lot of defensive coordinators want to, like, coin themselves as always being aggressive, and and that's not always the case. Like, I've never – a new defensive coordinator gets hired. Like, they're always like, we're going to be aggressive in everything we do. It's like, okay, that's what everyone says. So it's always like – but, no, in Manny Diaz's case, like, He's definitely aggressive. Uh, I was going to ask you one thing. Elevator pitch real quick here. You got yep. 30 seconds. Explain to me or or explain why, you know, whichever it was your favorite Penn State football core value from when you were in school or what, maybe the one that applies to your life still today. Man, uh,
1: elevator pitch. I got to go with two. Positive attitude and sacrifice. I mean, positive attitude. Navigate through life. There's going to be good and there's going to be bad. You got to keep going, keep chugging along, and you need a positive attitude to do that. And I've been blessed to be around a few guys. Ryan Kaiser is a Penn State guy, another unsung hero of my years. Man, that was the most positive guy I ever met. And we all, we know what he went through, and he had the same mindset. And that, that stuck with me. Sticks with me forever. So,
0: Ryan Kaiser, I hope you hear this, see this. Wait a second. Someone can correct me if I'm wrong, but I'm pretty sure it was the Illinois game where he had the interception in the end zone. Wasn't that against Illinois? It was against Illinois, yep. Full yep. yeah. yeah. circle. Uh, Full circle. And I, was it in overtime? I want to say it was in overtime. The game was tight. I think it was I, in the I end the game one way or another. It was, yeah.
1: yeah, it was either fourth quarter or overtime, yeah. Yeah.
0: So, little – that was perfect. Like it planned it perfectly for, for that to, <laughs> to come back to Illinois perfectly. Um, I, Big 10 pick em time. <laughs> Again, Brandon Brandon did the pick them before. Um, there is a little bit different. I don't know if you noticed at the bottom, but like last year you got you were able to just double down on any game you wanted. Now you got to double down on like spreads. And right. I think that's that's a lot harder. But um for everyone who's listening, please make sure you've got your pick em in. Um it's a little bit lighter so far this week. So make sure you go ahead and get your picks in. Still got, I think the first game's Friday, so you still got some time, but um make sure to go ahead and get those in. Um, so, these first games are all just straight up who's going to win them. Okay. Uh, Virginia at Maryland. Maryland, who was that, Sean? Who did they play? Was it Charlotte they played last yeah. week? A little bit closer. Yep. yep. Um, Virginia, God bless them, just, just haven't been great at football lately. Um, who are you going with, Brandon?
1: Yeah, I'm going to go with Maryland right there. You just said it. Virginia's been struggling. We know and Maryland,
3: they have a lot of potential this season.
0: You can, do you want to elaborate on that for a second? Are you, uh, are you uh, putting a bold prediction in with Maryland? Is that what I'm hearing? So are they going to maybe beat a, a Michigan or, a, or an Ohio State or, or somebody like that?
1: Maybe it's wishful thinking just for the sake of the Big Ten. And as a consumer outside of Penn State, I would like it to get mixed up somehow. And I think Maryland has the capabilities to do that. So I'm not going to say a bold prediction on which game – but I'm hopeful that someone can kind of make some noise outside of the big three. That's that's where I'm at.
3: Yeah.
0: Um. I, you're gonna have to remind me as far as like Virginia or Maryland and, and Rutgers did. Were they how interested were they in you during in your recruitment? Like oh yeah, definitely. Teams were, in that area. Uh, definitely, that's most of my
1: offers. I probably had about 15 offers, which at the time that was like the Big East, which was a lot of these schools you just said. Right, but um, sprinkle a Big Ten and some other ones. So yeah, Rutgers and Maryland. I visited Maryland. That was one of the few visits I went on. That was pretty cool. Um, Rutgers obviously was backyard, so they were all pretty heavy too. Yeah.
0: Absolutely, absolutely. Uh, you you mentioned you want somebody outside of the Big Three to do something. Probably not going to be this team. Uh, Louisville at Indiana. Yeah. Uh, Hoosiers were good for a little bit there. Um, not maybe so much now. I'm gonna take Louisville to win, but what do you guys have? I'll, I'll let Brandon go first.
1: Yeah, I'm right with you. I'm gonna go with Louisville. I watched them that first week; they looked formidable, and yeah, Indiana's been struggling. Yeah,
2: I'm going with Louisville as well, and Maryland is the first one.
1: Brandon, do you say Louisville or do you say Louisville? It's Louisville. You know, I've I've been I've been around a little
2: bit. I've been able to go down there. <laughs> they tell me it's Louisville. Okay. Yeah, Corey and I both have contrasting ways of saying it. So.
0: <laughs> I think the further south you, you
1: go. I wasn't going to say anything, but I heard you say it. <laughs>
0: um, Georgia Southern at Wisconsin. Wisconsin's coming off a loss at Washington State last week. Georgia Southern's actually a sneaky, pretty decent team.
1: Yeah, I'm going to go with Wisconsin. I like Luke Fickle. I think he has him bounce back uh, definitely uh, after that loss. So I'm going go with Wisconsin.
2: I am also going with the Badgers. That was, a tough, sp-
0: lot. That was a tough loss, though, yeah, yeah, Washington State. The, uh, I don't think a lot of people, I should go back and look, but I don't think a lot of people took Washington State to win the pick-em. Um, okay, maybe an interesting game. Maybe maybe not for outright winning, but I think this is more interesting than people are giving it credit for. Northwestern at Duke. Battle of the Brains. Duke obviously had that great win against Clemson, but they were aided a lot by Clemson just peeing all over themselves. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and Duke has a great defense, but Northwestern just put up 38 points last week. Uh, Sean, I'm going to let you go first on this one. It's Duke. Um, I mean, they put up 38 points on UTEP. Uh,
2: nah, I'm not going to give you that much credit, hey, but it's better, it's my better than nothing. <laughs> but yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm saying Duke wins this one. How do you lose? You, it's impossible to beat Clemson and lose to Northwestern.
1: Yeah, I'm with you, Sean. I'm gonna go Duke. I'm not gonna say that's impossible, but I'm gonna go Duke here. Uh Wisconsin, I mean Northwestern. I gotta see more to believe that they're
0: they've improved. Yep.
3: I'll
0: go close to impossible. Um, yeah, I'm gonna go with I'm gonna go Duke as well. I just was trying to get somebody off their scent. Uh I, I'm just happy Northwestern won a football game, to be yeah. honest with you. Western Michigan at Iowa. Um, Brandon, I don't know how much you've been keeping up with Iowa's offense, but are you mm-hmm. aware of what they have to do this year as far as score 25 points per game?
1: Yeah, well, is there an actual um, – I guess I don't know what's going on. I heard they have, they've been struggling to score. So
0: their, their offensive coordinator, who's the son of Kirk Ferentz, Brian Ferentz, yeah. after last year's just awful performance, I don't know if it's necessarily like an ultimatum, but they have like a – Something in place where he's supposed to score, and I shouldn't even say the offense because it, it can be defensively too. But the team together needs to average 25 points per game. Um, through two weeks, they have not achieved 25 mm-hmm. points in either game so far. <laughs> is this like in his contract, or is this just a there's some sort of stipulation? I don't know if it's I like so, bonus yeah. money or if it's like we're going to fire you, but but so far, oh, he's right, open to okay. wow. That's bold. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if they
1: do that this week, but I do say they win Okay. over Western Michigan.
2: I don't yes. think
0: Western Michigan is very good.
2: Yeah, same thing here. Um, I'm going to go with the, with the Iowa, but I think they might be in some trouble next
0: week. Yeah. The um. <laughs> let's see what you did there, Sean. This is not betting advice, but I saw that Iowa was 28 and a half point favorites against Western Michigan. And again, they haven't scored 25 plus all season, but you do what you will with your money. Uh speaking of Rutgers, probably the the one of the most or the better games of the weekend, if you like mediocre football, Virginia Tech at Rutgers, the fighting Brent Prize versus the fighting Shianos. Um Virginia Tech coming off of a tough loss to Purdue. Rutgers has now beat Northwestern and Temple. Their defense actually looks pretty solid, Brandon.
1: Yeah, this is a big game. Should be fun to watch. I am Team Pry, just to put that out there. Uh, Always Team Pry. But I will say that's where my heart is. (laughs) That's where my heart is with Team Pry. Wasn't a big fan of Shiano when I was getting
0: recruited, but I'm going to go with Rutgers. Nice, nice. You can't be saying your your, your heart's with somebody, and then be like, "But I've got to win this pick'em, so I'm taking Rutgers." <laughs> I Rutgers. can't believe I'm taking Brent Prye, and Brandon's not
2: taking Brent Prye. Really? I'm we needed some contrast,
1: though. We needed some contrast.
2: Yep, I wow. understand that. I understand that. Um, you know, I'm I don't feel great about it, though. I got to be honest. Um, <laughs> because um, Rutgers Rutgers defense is for real. I think so, but I think. Tech needs a win, and I think they get
0: it. Yeah, they, they the Hokies really do need a win, um, but it, that could be. I don't know what the over under is on that one, but I don't think very many points are going to be scored there. <laughs> uh, Western Kentucky at Ohio State. The Hilltoppers are a good team. I, I I said this, Sean. I don't know if you remember in the in the season preview show. It might even been when we previewed Ohio State in the summer, but I mentioned. Watch this Western Kentucky-Ohio State game because it's going to say a lot about that Ohio State defense. Um, so if if you don't have a lot going on, make sure to watch this game on Saturday. Uh, Sean, you, you taking the, buck, the Buckeyes? Taking Ohio State, but I think Western Kentucky could give them
2: some problems. I think, uh, if I remember correctly, Ohio State's main struggle on defense is their secondary, and Western Kentucky throws the ball around. So I'll take Ohio State, but I would probably take Western Kentucky to cover.
1: I like it. I like it. I'm I'm going with you. Still gonna go Buckeyes. I think based off their track record, they're gonna get it together. You know, get all on point at some point. And I don't know if it's this week, but they they find a way to win. And
0: I don't think it'll be close. Okay, I I do think it's gonna be close. I I honestly think this might be a seven point game or less. And mm. and for a lot of what wow. you said, but also they play Notre Dame next week. So don't be. I don't know how much as a player you were peeking around the corner a little bit. But they've got the Irish next week, so just saying. Cool. Did you do that quite a bit? Like we'll we'll talk about all that in a little bit. Actually, we'll mm-hmm. save that because okay. we can talk about that with Illinois and 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 with what's coming up after that uh, in a second. Um, Washington at Michigan State. A lot of shenanigans going on at Michigan State right now. I I told this on the last episode. Don't count out. The Spartans, they're in wounded animal mode. You don't know what's going on. Sometimes that brings a team closer together. They have the Huskies at home. Washington's looking really impressive on offense right now.
1: Brandon, who do you have? Yeah, I think they definitely will be fired up, like you said, at home. A lot going on. Actually, it can go one of two ways. They could be fired up. Or they could come out, It's you know, knock them off their their pivot a little bit too much this week. Either way, I'm going with Washington. I think. I mean, we all know the high-powered offense. Michael Pennings is no uh, no very familiar with the Big Ten, Michigan State. So I'll take Washington.
2: Go with Washington too. Um, I could. I, I don't really know what to expect from Michigan State because, like Corey said, I mean, when you when you have a bunch of you know bad stuff happen in a week. It could rally a team together, uh, but I think Washington might have the best offense in the country. So mm. I'm going to take them. Best in the country. Yeah, that's bold. Possibly. Possibly. We're like pedics, week two and a half. Everybody.
0: We're, <laughs> we're getting into the best conversation already. Uh, Northern Illinois at Nebraska. Nebraska still trying to find their first win. They just got Dion the last Saturday. Uh, I will say this about Northern Illinois. Every time I was looking up statistics today, I would type in Illinois to find out like where the rankings were. And Northern Illinois was above Illinois every single time. I don't know if that means anything, but I had to like click on the finder thing. I had to click past Northern Illinois to find Illinois um, on all the good statistics. Don't know if that changes your mind at all, Sean, but who you got, Sean? Well, if anybody would lose to Northern Illinois, it would be
2: Nebraska. I I think Matt really gets his first win. I'm going to take the Oscars. Uh,
1: You know, I think I clicked Nebraska, but I learned that the QB sprained his ankle or something. And now... Did not know that. I believe so. was watching Big Ten Network earlier. I think so. Uh, But either way, I'm going to go with Nebraska, as you
3: said. But it's going to be it's skin in the teeth per usual.
0: Yeah, look at that. Brandon Bell breaking news here. Um, I hope I'm correct. No, yeah, 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 Ankle injury. Jeff Sims. Undetermined for Saturday as of one hour ago. So there you go. look at the insight. Yeah, I'm going Nebraska too. Obviously, I, mean, I, I, I don't want to go to the last time that we all are familiar with Rule in 2015 or anything like that. I'm just going to move on. (laughs) Bowling Green at Michigan. Just another just incredibly tough opponent for Michigan. I mean, they have just really been through the ringer so far in September. I don't don't even know if I should ask. We're all on Michigan? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. So, let me ask you this, Brandon. Mm -hmm. How... As far as their run game goes... I'm just curious in your mind, are you like go back to last year and, and it is what it is last year, right? But in your mind, you're like, man, I wish I was out there right now. I would have been hitting Blake Corm, I would have been knocking Donovan Edwards around. Or like how do you, as a linebacker, sit back and watch Penn State games when they struggle against the run? Does that get you fired up? You want to get out there and start hitting somebody or what? Uh it's it's it's
1: hard, honestly. I mean, as fired up as I get out, it doesn't help because I'm not out there. Um but, yeah, it's definitely tough. I mean, you don't want to see your team get, you know, you know, kind of pushed around a little bit. You know, a loss is a loss. But when you, get, when you take a loss and get pushed around, it's, you know, it's a little worse. So definitely looking forward to that get back this year. They got to remember that. And it's definitely
3: uh, – it should be fun to watch. It should be fun to watch.
0: Couldn't find my unmute button there for a second. Uh, we'll wrap up with Syracuse at Purdue. I actually think this is a sneaky good game as well. Sorry, uh, I think yeah. you forgot the Gophers in Carolina. Oh yeah, did that's I even true. put the Gophers on here? Oh yeah, I did. Yeah, I it's on that. Right yep. Oh yeah. Okay, that's a, that's an important. Thing. I'm glad you said that. We'll we'll do Syracuse Purdue and then we'll come back. But thank you, Sean. Um, I'm I'm going to take Syracuse to beat Purdue. Um, fu- coincidentally enough. Their head coach was a former D.C. here at Illinois who Penn State plays this week. Um, I think they did a lot better in week two, but week one still has me scared. I, I just don't know how much offense they have right now. So I'm going to go Syracuse with the with the win on the road at Purdue. Uh, Brandon, you go next. Yeah, I'm going
1: to go Syracuse as well. But another injury, I believe their star receiver got hurt as well. I'm not sure how much that affects them. Not too familiar with their whole roster, but I did see that. But I'm liking Purdue as well. Someone came with their homework done. Sir, a little bit, a little bit. Actually, I, just you know hearsay. What I what I hit
2: pavement. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm going cues too. Uh, Purdue, I think it's gonna be a tough year for them. Just a new new coach, basically
0: a whole new team. So I'm gonna go with Cuse. All right, Sean. Thank you very much for reminding me. How could I forget about the Golden Gophers at Chapel Hill taking on North Carolina? Minnesota won last week not very impressively offensively North Carolina. I told you guys last week you could have made a lot of money on that App State game. App State was underdogs by 19. I think they ended up winning by what one or two points last night last week. Um North Carolina did get that dub over South Carolina in week 1 though. Um Let me go to Sean first since you brought it up. Who are you taking Sean? I'm going with North Carolina.
2: Uh, it's in Chapel Hill. Uh Minnesota, I'm not sold on the quarterback yet. I I hear – I'm not saying he has a ton of hype, but I think there are some people who feel like he's going to really be something, and I just haven't seen it yet. So I'm going to go with North Carolina.
1: Okay. I am actually going with Minnesota on this one. I really like their defense. Only thing I don't like is that it is in Chapel Hill, as you said. But I think Minnesota finds a way to kind of pull through. I think the defense kind of uh, holds the, the QB May and contain a little bit. I don't think he has his best game. That's what, that's what I foresee, Minnesota.
0: That's surprising to me. Uh, I am going to go with UNC as well. I, just, I agree with Sean 100%, actually. That quarterback, I gave him the benefit of the doubt. He has a really hard last creek name to say, so I'm not gonna try to say it right now. But um the uh that whiteout game, I gave him the benefit of the doubt. Like, you know, that was his first start, maybe he'll get better. Uh and he didn't get better. I did also um Ben, our producer, and also Adam are both watching the show right now and wanted everyone to know that Adam Brenneman is calling the Rutgers Virginia Tech game. So yes. Just another reason to watch it. You gotta like if you're a Penn okay. State fan, there's like a bunch of reasons to watch that game um, from like a, a legacy standpoint. You got a bunch bunch of old heads there with Adam Brenneman in the booth. Um and you got Brent Pry, you got Chiano. So there you go. There's your shout out next up with Adam Brenneman, who 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 posted on our YouTube. Speaking yeah, of YouTube, perfect. if you're watching live, make sure you've liked and subscribed to state media. I, got to, I already scribbled in UNC for you, so i got. I got to make a little change here and, and put in Minnesota for you. Uh, did I- it? No, no, no. I, I just wrote down, I just assumed that you were going to take oh, UNC, fair and fair I was fair. completely wrong. Um, <laughs> the final thing here, did you pick a cover?
1: Uh, yeah, I believe I did. And if
0: it's for Penn State, Illinois, don't say it. Yet.
1: Okay, yeah. That's the one. I did. Okay. All
0: right. Well, then we will get right into it, and let's talk about your... Um, your prediction for Saturday. So Penn State, I don't know where the line's at now, but they're like 14 and a half originally. Yep. Uh, going on the road at Illinois, noon kick, 11 local. They've got that wide out next week. You know, as a former player, how often were you peeking ahead a little bit? A lot of people, even before the season started, were trying to circle this game as a potential trap game. You know, as a, how did you kind of like get your mind right as far as, Forget about next week. Let's focus on this week. I, I know how I would do it. I'd just be like, look, next week isn't as much fun if we lose this week, right? <laughs> but, like, uh, h- how did you go about that? And then if you wouldn't mind giving us your uh, your prediction for Saturday.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I think – I mean, I think it's very different. You know, I wasn't a part of a team, and I, w- I know I wasn't myself. You know, always getting hyped up, had steam kind of blown up. Uh, so it's a little different. This team, obviously, we, they have a ton of expectations and hype behind it so it makes it a little more difficult but to me you know with that being said I always kind of just looked forward to the next time I was going to play a game you know kind of kind of deal so either way it's going to be fun another opportunity to uh, you know just get out there and, and make plays because that's the fun part of all this You know, outside of everything else the fun part is just the four quarters you get to play obviously you want to win but the end of the game when you win isn't the fun part either it's playing the game so with that mindset, con kind of just look forward to each one, and obviously, like you said too you know we got to take care of business because next week won't be fun if we lose this one, so a little bit of both
0: Gotcha what um program. what what are your thoughts for this game on Saturday You're you know Illinois pushed Penn State around a little bit in 2021 in that awful overtime game yeah um. Do you, do you think Penn State's gonna struggle a little bit on the ground or you think you know maybe they get the pass game you know going and they open this thing up a little bit?
1: No, I mean, we talked about it
0: off cam. I'm
1: just one of those optimistic guys. From what I see, I truly believe in it. it's not fake, so I think we we definitely win by 14 and a half. Uh, I think they whether whether it's in the air or on the ground, I think we handle business again, mature mentality, as you said, not in a sleeper game for those guys. The whole one and O oh mentality, and I just think we're that good to handle business kind of regardless.
0: Fantastic. Do you, you said Fantastic. they they cover? Do you want to put a, a true number down for your score mm-hmm. prediction?
1: You know, it's tough. We said it. Illinois struggled the last two weeks, and I do think. I mean, our defense. You know, we weren't. We, we didn't like the big run, but. I like the turnovers they created regardless of the opponent.
3: So I'll give it, I'll give it 33, 10, State. sake,
0: 43 would be, I don't, I don't know if that's the over under on that or not, but, uh, That'd be, that'd be fantastic. I think a lot of Penn State fans would be very happy with that. We have a fan question later on, Brandon. He's like, I got something. I have a birthday party at 2 o'clock. Right. So, like, uh, uh, what score can we get to that I would be comfortable <laughs> with? I think that was a funny question where he can, like, put it on in the background and not look like an insane person in front of right, all of his wife's right. friends. Um, <laughs> so th- I don't know if that was a good question. But, uh, th- hey, man, thank you so much for your time. I know we, we we talked a little bit longer, but you're just so so easy to talk to. We appreciate, appreciate
1: it, man. It. No, I appreciate it. Appreciate you guys and looking forward to it, man. I'm in a podcast game now, so paying attention a little more. So, you know, happy
0: 100th, 100th episode to you guys.
3: I appreciate that. Part
0: of Thank, it. You. Awesome. Thank you. Awesome. Um, any final thoughts or where, where they can find you, where they can, well, they know what they should know where to find your podcast. <laughs> um, but any other final plugs before we let you get out of here?
1: Uh, no, you know, you can find me, Instagram, Twitter at, underscore underscore B bell and, you know, look out for my future endeavors, more podcasts, more shows, TV content. I'm, uh, I'm fully
0: in the game now. So appreciate it. Nice. Nice. Well, thanks, man. I appreciate it. Thank you, Brandon. And you can sign out and you're good.
3: Cool, man. Appreciate you guys. Nice talking to you. Oh, can you hear me? Yep. Uh, I hear
0: you, Sean. Cool. All right. There we go. I just kicked Brandon Bell out of our show, which is which is funny. Not a lot of people say they can do that. So yeah. <laughs> um He's he's so awesome. great to talk to. <laughs> he really is. Yep. I mean, no offense because we get a lot of great people on the show nowadays, but he's just so easy to talk to. I know. Like I we're like, oh like 20 minutes, like that's all we're gonna and then here we are 40 minutes in the show. Um just just fantastic as always. Um thank you to Brandon Bell. I believe. Let me double check here. I don't know if his latest episode already came out. I think that came out today. If I want to okay. double check. Let me double check.
2: check. I'll double check for you.
0: Um, but definitely go check it out. Yeah, it, it did. It came out today. So they got their week two predictions. Uh, him and Christian Hackenberg, their episode came out today. Same YouTube channel here on State Media. Also, since we're plugging things, the Lion's Den episode with Theo Johnson also came out today. So lots of Penn State content coming your way here on State Media. Yep. Their interview with Keandre Lambert-Smith was awesome, too. Yes. If you haven't seen that yet, definitely check it out. Yeah, last week's episode was with Keandre Lambert-Smith, and that was that was fantastic. I love he was like, make sure you all like this video so I can come back on here. That was so funny. <laughs> <laughs> um, yes, and he's right. Like that video. <laughs> right, absolutely. And um, like this one, too, while you're at yeah, that, that doesn't hurt anybody. Yeah. Uh, let's get into the preview of Illinois. We did have an episode way back when. I should probably remember the episode number. It would probably help people out a little bit. But um, we did preview them a little bit in the offseason. They struggled with Toledo week one, which we kind of said they might because Toledo's actually a really good football team. And then, unfortunately for them, Kansas got their quarterback back last week. And if they don't have their quarterback. I don't think they win that game. He did some phenomenal things in that game. But they went on the road on Friday, lost to Kansas 34-23. You know, a lot of people are talking about how Illinois is going to run the the football bunch. And I still think they're going to, Sean. But just generally speaking here, as far as, like, the mindset of the game, I'm curious how it's going to play out because – right now Penn state has actually ran the ball 30 more times than Illinois so far this year. And just like looking at their offense, I feel like they ran a lot more from shotgun on Friday than I expected them to. And so I'm just very curious to see kind of what the mindset is. I think a lot of Penn state fans have the 2021 game seared in their memory that like Illinois is just going to literally run the rock every play in, in, us in into submission. And maybe that's correct. I'm sure you're going to see some seven linemen or some six lineman formations but I just I just don't know if it's going to be the same. I think a little bit of that was dictated because it was a really bad weather day in 2021 as well.
2: Yeah, and there's a, definitely a disparity between how many carries Penn State has had so far in Illinois. Um, <clears throat> I would remind people, though, Delaware was three and out almost every drive, so it felt like on Saturday, Penn State had the ball pretty much the whole game. Whereas the Kansas Illinois game, I mean they they were on their way to getting blown out, and that score, uh, it, it it was closer than it actually than it actually was in in my opinion. Um, and they had to play catch up the whole time, so that meant more Luke Altmeyer uh, throwing the ball. And I'm happy Penn State played Garrett Green early because Luke Altmeyer is not as fast as uh Garrett Green, but I mean he had an 80-yard touchdown run. Or yeah, I think an 80-yard touchdown run on yeah, it was at least private. it was at least in the 60s. Yeah, maybe maybe I'm exaggerating. But he had a long, you know, he so he's got some wheels and we better be able to at least uh contain him uh because I think there were times when Penn State played West Virginia that they didn't always do the greatest job containing Garrett Green. So to me, that's gonna be what they ha- what they're gonna try to do. Uh Luke Altmaier, um, he already has three interceptions through two games. And uh for comparison's sake, I mean Drew hasn't thrown an interception yet. So I'm sure they are more than more than worried about uh Kaylen King, and not to mention our ball hawking uh, safeties.
0: Yeah, and then on on defense, well, two things I want to mention. They gave up six sacks as well to Kansas. And I know it's on the road, so there's a little bit of difference there as far as maybe not being able to use your cadence, and then you get down in the game and you have, you know, defense line can pin their ears back a little bit. But still, six sacks against Kansas makes you think that Penn State should be able to at least get some pressure on Altmire. Um, and then just the last thing I wanted to mention for people listening that can't see on the graphic. Right now, their defense is 120th in 10-plus yards from scrimmage plays allowed, which I did not include the allowed part on there. So people might be like, that's an offensive statistic. But no, that's the, they've allowed in, like into the 30s, I think, already on 10-plus plays from scrimmage. So they're they're giving up some explosive plays on defense as well, which I think bodes well for an offense. There's a lot of talk about Penn State's offense this week and how they weren't maybe as explosive yet as you'd like them to be. Um my my counter argument would be they still scored 63 points and they weren't explosive. What does that even mean, right? If you can be that methodical and take care of the football and still score touchdowns, you know, if you couldn't do that, okay, fine. If you have to rely on the big play, fine. But they were able to, at least last week, consistently move the ball down the field and then score touchdowns when it was all said and done. Now they might get a little bit of a help from a Illinois defense that's giving up some big plays. Maybe we finally see a breakthrough on the explosive plays as well.
2: Yeah, and for the blog, he put out a uh, very good breakdown of Penn State struggling, uh, getting explosive plays so far. But yeah, it's not like we haven't been able to to run the ball. Uh, just the home run ball hasn't been there yet. And <clears throat> really, it's just about holding on the blocks just a half second longer. And if that starts to happen, the explosive plays are going to start to happen too. And honestly, like their defense. I'm a little surprised that they, they haven't been better. I mean, they have two preseason All-Americans on their defensive line. So not just all Big Ten guys, All-Americans in uh, Johnny Newton and Keith Randolph. So I didn't really foresee giving up 28 points to Toledo and 34 points to Kansas. And then when you think about the athletes Penn State
0: has, you have to think like, well, what could Penn State
2: do to them then?
0: Yeah, no, no, exactly. Hey, Sean, do me a favor real quick and just literally turn your cam off and turn it back on real quick. Sure. Yeah, and then turn it Now move around just a little bit. I just want to see if I can. You're coming in a little laggy. I just wanted to. And
2: you want it back on now?
0: Yeah.
3: All right, let's see
0: if that's a little bit better. I don't know why. You're coming in a little slow motion on the stream. Your, your audio is fine, but you're coming in a little slow motion for some reason.
3: Interesting. Um,
0: but, no, no, I think that's a good point. And uh, if Penn State's able to get a lead, I, I'm very curious to see kind of where that game gets to, right? And and that's kind of obvious, but I just I don't know if the floodgates open, if Illinois has the offense to maybe – get back into a game like that. So let's talk Illinois offense first. We talked about Drew Altmaier, the transfer from Ole Miss. He's done some good things. He does have some wiggle. He does have the ability to create plays. Like Sean said, he's not as quick as Garrett green is, but he can still do some things. Um, I don't know who asked the question during the press conference, but it was a, it was a, it was a good question. Like, do you think the defense is better prepared now that they've seen what Garrett green's done? And the answer was pretty much. Yes. So from that perspective, I think they're taken care of from a throwing perspective. Penn State's done a great job. First of all, on past defense so far this year, I don't know if I'm sold yet on drew Altmyer's ability to throw the football down the field.
2: No, I'm not either. Um, he had just over a shade of, of 200 yards uh, in both games. And again, I don't think those were elite uh, elite defenses he was playing. So and, you know, it, it's been a bit of a departure from the last couple of years with Illinois in that they had Chase Brown. And Chase Brown is uh, was one of the best running backs in the country, in my opinion, last season. So they really wrote they really wrote him. And and I mean, heck, they, sh- they should have beat Michigan last year um, at the big house. So they were obviously very successful. Uh, as far as, like, the wiggle goes, I know Franklin spoke about how, you know, beneficial it was to play Garrett Green and how even though they face Broke Bo Perbula every day in practice, it's still hard to prepare for a mobile quarterback because a mobile quarterback isn't able to really be the full version of himself in practice because as soon as you get close to the guy, he plays dead. So. I think getting ready to face a guy like JJ McCarthy, who is a good athlete, playing these guys early, that's only going to help.
0: So, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's a good point about even in practice, not really being able to prepare for it. Um, another guy you can't really prepare for that I've been a big fan of since he got into the Big Ten is Isaiah Williams. Uh, wide receiver, but he also will take some handoffs. I think he had about 300 ish yards last year rushing. So he'll, they get a, like basically, I don't know if this is still the case, but they basically want to get him at least 20 touches a game, whether that's passing, whether, or receiving or rushing, maybe even passing. Who knows? Um, They want to get him the football. He's like their gadget guy, you know, they're, they're KJ Hamler, so to speak. They're just a guy you want to get their hands on the football to. He, he has, the ability to turn a slant route into a touchdown. He's the guy you got to pay attention to. He's the guy you have to group tackle. You have to swarm to uh, And if you're Penn state and you're trying to limit big plays. In my opinion, he's the guy that you, you need to have full attention on.
2: You just made me think of KJ's slant that he took to the house against Ohio state. Man, that, that stadium gets so loud. Anyway. uh Yeah. Isaiah Williams has played a lot of football at Illinois. He's uh really well-respected guy and like cory said he's gonna he's gonna explode i mean if you, you 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 can't really it's you know he's just he's their playmaker and he's gonna be the guy that really gets them going uh especially now that you know i think they're really struggling to find a complement for him so the defense is going to be laser focused on isaiah williams on Saturday.
0: Yeah, you mentioned that because they don't really have a running threat anymore. Chase Brown gone. Luke Altmyer's their leading rusher with 139 yards right now, the quarterback. And then Reggie Love the ha- third actually has two less carries than Altmyer so far. 100 yards on the season. He's averaging 5 yards per carry. Uh just just hasn't really got a bunch. And then Josh McCray, big back, big guy. Uh he's got 15 carries for 50 yards. So Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah. For 50 yards. And he has one score. Um, but his yards per carry is at 3.3. So I don't think, you know, chase Brown, when he was getting 40 carries a game, it felt like that let Williams have a little bit more room to operate. And now, like you said, they maybe don't have to focus as much, um, in the backfield and they can focus on Williams other than Williams, Casey Washington, seven catches for 68 yards. And Pat Bryant, seven catches for 61 yards. Um, the only other person I really wanted to mention as far as offense is is uh, Griffin Moore. Is that right? Oh, no, I'm sorry. Pat Bryant was the one who had two touchdowns, but Griffin Moore is their tight end that I think will get involved as well, um, but but hasn't really as of yet. Honestly, the passing game in general just hasn't been anything crazy. And so I really think if Penn State can focus on two things, they'll be fine. Number one, don't let Altmyer create too much with the quarterback run and then contain isaiah williams for as much as you can you do those two things you see that they're 105th and third down conversion percentage so get them in third and longs let manny diaz do Manny diaz things on third down and penn state will be fine you know illinois is going to want to play keep away but otherwise you you should be able to contain this offense they don't have a chase brown battering ram anymore like they they did the last couple years
2: yeah, 100%. And that 105th and 3rd down conversion now season is young. So, you know, that could go up. It could also go down. <laughs> um, but it just shows you that if you get them in 3rd and long, and that's really, like, when you talk about Manny Diaz's scheme, that's really the goal. Get TFLs and force, the, and, and force those 3rd and longs and be and come out aggressive. So... I really think that the way our defense matches up with their offense, I think it bodes. I think it bodes well for us.
0: Yeah, Sean, and I wanted to throw this hypothetical at. I want to throw this hypothetical at you, but also our fans. I would rather Illinois, you know, go three and out three times, but on their fourth possession, have a seventy-yard touchdown run. Then say Illinois goes, you know, scores touchdowns on two drives. Doesn't score anything on the other two drives, but they move the football for those two touchdown drives. And they said, let's say they have like a 10 play drive. So I guess what I'm trying to say is four attempts, three, three and outs, but they score a 70 yard touchdown run on one play. Versus two touchdown drives where they average 10-plus plays and then two other three and outs. Just because I would rather just have the football back and have an opportunity to outscore Illinois. And if they're going to score, I would rather it be quick. I don't want to get into a game where Illinois is pounding the rock 10-plus times on on a drive and then scoring a touchdown at the end of it. If they do that and they score a field goal, that's fine. I would love that but I would rather have my offense on the field scoring points. I don't think Illinois can keep up with Penn state offensively, but what they can do is, is shorten the game where it doesn't matter how many possessions everybody has. Right. If Illinois is able to shorten the game, capitalize on their possessions and then just get one or two turnovers, it's a whole different ball game. Right. So I'm just going to throw that hypothetical out there. Would you rather Illinois to score quickly and then play good defense otherwise, or, you know, or, or, you know, w- would you rather than maybe drive the field and, and maybe they don't end up with touchdowns, but they take time off the clock?
2: Well, I mean, it's about styles, right? And in, in my mind though, it's about how many points you give up. And in your scenario, you know, you said you play good defense, you give up two touchdowns, you, you know, eh but you're going to give up some methodical drives where you're not going to give up the big play versus one drive. Uh, well, not one drive, one explosive play, but then the rest of the time, you know, you're pretty dominant against them and you're forcing three and outs and forcing turnovers. Yeah, I would rather I would rather them do, do the second thing as well uh, because... I mean, just in general, I always think if I was a defensive coordinator, which I definitely should not be, but if I was, I would rather lose being aggressive than lose being safe. And I think we've had times in our past where we lost a lot of times playing safe. Um, And I'd I'd rather lose running at 100 miles an hour, personally. So I would I would largely agree with you. Now, is there is there an argument that could be made that maybe we stunt too much at times? Yeah, because I think we do, and I think sometimes it could put our guys in a t- our linebackers in a tough spot, especially a guy. You know, I mean, we all know Elston has been you know has gotten the heat this week, but any of them because they are then in a position where they have to make the play or it's going to be at least a 10-yard gain and if the safety is also not doing his job correctly that's a touchdown so it's a balance but overall I'd rather I'd rather lose playing a more attacking
0: style I got you well let's move over to the defensive side of things um this defense last year was phenomenal for Illinois I don't think people talked enough about how good they were. Number one in a lot of different categories. They were number one in takeaways, number one in interceptions, number one in scoring defense. They are number three in total defense. Just just phenomenal. Um, They lost a lot, though, especially in the secondary. And most notably, they lost 17 interceptions production-wise from their defensive backs from a year ago. So a lot from their secondary. And I think we've seen that a little bit because they've struggled on the back end, especially when plays break down a little bit. Um, but to me, they're still, they're still very good because it's a mindset thing. Now I will say losing Ryan Walters, I think has is going to hurt them and has hurt them already. Uh, but like Sean mentioned, they got two really good defensive linemen. Um, Really, they got four really strong defensive linemen. I like Edwards, who's a big guy at 320, and I like Denzel Dixon as well, who they had transferred over from Ohio. So they've got some they've got some talented defensive linemen um, that have done good things already and are known commodities. But I am a little bit worried about that back seven. They they lost some linebacker depth as well from a year ago. They lost a number one tackler from a year ago. So there's some question marks on the back half that you got to be concerned with, but. Um, I don't think this defense is going to be as good as last year, but I still think they're going to be good. But that's why, Sean, when we were first previewing Illinois, I thought this was going to be the game where Drew Aller really lets loose, right? Because you have what we think to be a strong defensive line for Illinois. And I'm not saying they're not going to be able to run the football, but I think you can almost pass to run in this game, and, and that will be better than maybe trying to knock the door down with Catron Allen right from the get-go.
2: Yeah, I agree with you. Um, I mean, I think the strength of this, I think the strength of this team is that defensive line, and I think it's going to be an excellent test for the interior of our, our offensive line. So the interior of our offensive line has already been beat up. Obviously, Landon Tanghua medically retired, and um, J.B. Nelson, I believe he was dealing with the with um, with with the with that sickness that was apparently going around. And uh, Hunter Norzad uh, has had some bumps and bruises. So the offensive line is the middle of that offense. Excuse me. That middle of that offensive line is already a tad hobbled. So you're adding on top of it playing against two of the premier defensive tackles in the country. So yeah, it's going to be a test. And I'm excited to see how they respond. Now you have to take in the reality that their first two games, the defense has not been nearly the same as last season. Now they did lose some guys to the NFL. Uh, Devin Witherspoon was a first round draft pick. And that makes, that makes a difference. Losing talent like that, especially when you're a team like Illinois who didn't have the luxury of stacking classes and Brett Bielman really inherited a total dumpster fire. So it And it takes a while to build your program. And I think they're running into that a little bit this year. Plus, as Corey mentioned, they lose Ryan Walters. So I think they're still coming together on defense. Luckily for Penn State, I I, I think it's still going to take a few more weeks for it to fully come together for them.
0: It's a good point. Yeah. I'm not writing this team out in the Big Ten West because I think – we don't know very much about the Big Ten West at, at this point. Shocker, right? I feel like this is every year in September with the Big Ten West. Um, I, I do think Altmyer is going to be good for them. I'm curious if that defense is going to be good enough to keep them in the games when their offense isn't doing anything because that's what they're able to do even against Michigan last year, right? Um, so th- that's what I'm interested in. I do like this defense, and whether it's offense or defense, Brett Bielema is a good coach, and he's going to have their guys well-prepared. And in that sense, I think it's going to be a dogfight. I think that from a schematic perspective, Illinois is going to be ready to fight, and, and they're going to be ready to rock and roll. I want to ask you, Sean, from a early game perspective, Standpoint. Are you worried at all as far as it being sleepy? Or do you think, like, Illinois is going to be in this game ready to rock? It's supposed to be an orange out for them. I don't really know how much that matters. But are you worried about Penn State coming out flat at all? Or this is the first road game of the year? do you think they're still focused? I still think they're going to be focused.
2: Uh For the reason you mentioned, it's the first Big Ten game. And it's the first road game of the season. So... I think they'll, they'll be focused from that, from, from that perspective. But I also think they're going to be focused from uh, a lot of these guys around that 2021 team. And that loss to Illinois was just devastating. I mean, it at the time, I believe Penn State was still ranked in the top 10. And they lose to Illinois, who was not near, they were not what they were last year, and they weren't what they are this year. So I still think that bad taste is in their mouth. And really, I don't think Franklin is going to let them sleepwalk going into this into this one. Uh, now, am I, I I did say at the beginning of this season that Illinois scared me a little more than Iowa. I, I, I don't know if I still feel that way after watching that Kansas performance. Um, but still, they have some things on their team that do that do still scare me.
0: Absolutely, absolutely. Um yeah, I, I'm not sure where I'm at. I, I'm not sure where I'm at from the perspective of if they're gonna be ready to rock and roll or not yet. You know, part of me thinks, yeah, no biggie, like it's still gonna be a a big deal. They got no, they don't have the, the big noon kickoff show going there, but they still have Joel Klatt doing their game. I still got Gus doing the game, and it is the first game on the road for Penn State. But then part of me is also like, you do have the whiteout next week, and and, and that makes me think somewhat like maybe that is possible that they'll come out a little bit flat. But having a running game and having a good defense sometimes minimizes that, and so I I think that will I think that will do wonders for them.
3: Um Sean, just make sure your background's good there.
0: We are just cruising through the show. I know we we talked to, to Brandon Bell for quite some time there. Um I wanted to read one thing. This was from the very beginning of the show today. Jacob Sparrow on YouTube says 100 episodes already. Congratulations to the both of you. I've loved the journey so far. Started listening during your review of James Franklin about 18 months ago and haven't missed an episode yet, which is just awesome. So thank you to him. That's that's some dedication. I think we did that in the spring of the first year we started. Yes, we did. That was an early,
2: early episode. That was also one of my favorites that we did.
0: Yeah, it was a two-parter, if I remember correctly. Yeah,
2: I think either this year or maybe next year we'll do another one. But. That's a once every few years thing
0: <laughs> yeah yeah absolutely but thank you jacob for those comments thank i wanted you. to get that in there for sure um you ready to go to fan questions i'm ready let's do it i gotta find a new notebook the notebook i have it like flips if i let go of it, it doesn't stay it flips all my pages back to where it was <laughs> and it's been driving me nuts lately um we asked for three fan questions and we got three, but I also have one on Instagram. So I'm actually going to go to the one on Instagram first because, um, well, to be honest with you, he's a longtime listener, and I like him, and I'm biased. So we're going to go to his question first. That's how we do things. Yeah, this is Tyler on Instagram says, After a rewatch of Illinois versus Kansas, Kansas used their quarterback and spread the field horizontally to attack Illinois. Would you expect Penn State to do the same this Saturday? And how would you attack the Illinois offense and defense? Um, I'll answer that first part of the question, Sean. So Kansas, yes, Kansas attacked Illinois horizontally, and they had a quarterback that could do so uh, with his legs. Their quarterback also was running for their life quite a bit, and Illinois had a couple opportunities to bring him down in the backfield on some pretty pivotal third-down situations. I'm not going to say they're not going to attack Illinois horizontally on Saturday, but I think sometimes you attack horizontally because you're worried about trying to attack inside the tackles, and I don't think Penn State's going to be afraid to try to run inside the tackles. I don't know how effective they're going to be, but I do know they're going to try, Um, and so yes, they are still going to spread them out. But once they have spread out the Illinois defense, I still expect them to run, you know, inside zone and, and whatnot. They run a lot of different uh, running plays as far as how their linemen uh, decide to block, whether it's down blocking zone, blocking, pulling, whatever. But I still expect them to spread them out, but really spread them out so they can still attack inside. Um, you're still going to see the bubble screens every once in a while to keep them on this. But sometimes teams attack horizontally too often because they're afraid of what's inside. I don't think Penn State's going to be afraid to at least challenge them uh, in their front seven inside the tackles early on.
2: Yeah, yeah, I would agree with that. So uh, I'll answer the defense of how we would attack them. So, I mean, I think I think the thing you do... Is try to hold them into the third and longs, like we talked about. I don't trust Luke Altmyer as, as a passer at all, so I think try to continue to hold him to keep him in the pocket. Don't let him get outside, and yeah, play contain and try to keep them into third and long situations. Um, I I do think this is a pretty good Illinois offensive line. I don't think they're great, but I think they're pretty good. So if they're in third and two, third and three, that's where we could potentially—that's where I could potentially see us getting into some trouble. Uh, but if we could keep them into third, third and eight longer the whole game, I think it'll be smooth sailing for us.
0: No, 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 I I think so too. Um,
3: Dorito Bandit is messaging
0: us on Twitter about those forty or those ten yard plus scrimmage plays and um, and so I'm going to respond back to him. Dorita, if you're listening to this, I just want you to know I'm, I'm answering your tweet live just because we like you that much. That's dedication right there. That's love for the fan base right there. Yeah. If it was some other schmuck, I probably wouldn't do it. Um, no, I, I like that question a lot, and I'm just very excited for this game because I think, I don't want to say Illinois has turned into the bugaboo that maybe Iowa was a couple of years ago, but to a certain degree, that I'm telling you, that game is still seared in the minds of Penn State fans. And in that, and you add the Michigan debacle last year. This is a, an important game to maybe get that hysteria off your back a little bit. So I, I love that question there. Let's go to Twitter now. Maybe you can follow us at Hardcore PSUFB on Twitter. You can ask your questions there. This question is from DKW, and I love this question. He says, I have a kid's birthday party to attend at 2 p.m. on Saturday afternoon. What kind of lead should make me comfortable enough not to act like an antisocial weirdo? I'm thinking something like 28 to 10 at half, maybe 31, 13 by the end of each team's first offensive series. OK, and in, th- in, the- in the third quarter, I think is what he means, that 31 to 13 part. I was like, I don't know how you eat the 31 13 after the first offensive series, but <laughs> into the third quarter, 31 13. Sean, what's a comfortable score for you, you know, early third quarter, second half or beginning of the second half where you ha- you'll have the game on, but you'll be willing to socialize with other people? Honestly, if it's a two touchdown
2: game, I think we're fine. Uh, This Illinois team, I don't believe, is built to come from behind. I think they would be trying to do really what they did in 2021. Just even if they're not winning, striking distance, you know, down by three, down by seven. You know, they just want to stay within that seven point range. If it goes to 14 or even seven or uh, God forbid 17, I think they're cooked. So 14 points, two touchdowns, I think you're good
0: yeah I tend to agree with that. I think you get up there. I just don't see Illinois scoring 20 plus points unless it's in in like garbage time. so uh I think you get above 24 or so. I think you're probably in, in a good safe spot. but love the question there from DKw longtime listener of the show. next question also from a long time listener. all three of them are from from great fans tonight. Lucas Powers. Is this officially a trap game now that Illinois has looked bad the last two weeks? Sean, I'll
2: let you go first. (laughs) Going into the air, I would have said no way. Uh, But they almost lost to the Rockets. And they they lost by double digits to Kansas. So I think it probably does become trap game category. Uh, Time zone difference. Travel. First Big Ten game, Whiteout coming up, is a bit, it does sound a bit like a trap game. Now, I would like to give Illinois more respect than to just say, oh, if we're struggling against them, it's because it's a trap game, we're not focused. I don't know if it's necessarily true, but just because I do think there's some talent on this roster and some spots that could, uh, you know, could be matchup problems for us. But I mean, the proof is in the pudding. They've given up 30-plus in their first two weeks of the season.
0: Yeah, I would say it is a trap game now, too, just because I think if they were 2-0 and going into this game, I think their fans would be there, because, again, everyone rides that optimism from August all the way into the year. And I'm not saying it's not going to be a, a, a sellout or anything like that, but I'm guessing it's not going to be maybe as exciting and maybe as... Uh, challenging as it may have been if, if Illinois was undefeated maybe the fans will prove me wrong we'll have to wait and see but I'm just not there yet as far as thinking this game is going to be full of great energy in that stadium and and then like everything Sean just said I, I think it does fall into that category unfortunately now
2: yeah it feels weird to say though Yeah, I, no, I was no, legitimately sure.
0: nervous going into the year about this one Final question today, our scats. How does the fighting Illini defense come out? Feeling like Penn State will see a lot more aggressive blitzing style. I will say I agree with that because I didn't expect to see that against Purdue. And yet. We did. Or my goodness. I can't believe I said that again. I can't get over this whole Purdue first game of the year thing. (laughs) Like it's completely ingrained in me.
2: Over a year ago. Over a year ago.
0: I still say Purdue. Let me start over. Yes, I I think we do see a lot of blitzing from Illinois because we saw a lot of blitzing from West Virginia in week one. Now, I'm not saying West Virginia had a lot of success, but there were moments where they were able to get home with their blitzes. They they weren't able to really get after the quarterback too much because Drew Aller did a good job getting rid of the football. But I don't think you want to sit back and let Drew Aller pick you apart in zone and I don't think you want to play too high safety all the time because then you're going to let the running backs run the football on you. And I get it. Usually Illinois likes to do that. And they challenge you to just be patient and nickel and dime it down the field. But I think we saw last week Penn state was willing to do that. And so you have your, you know, this quarterback, we all think he's very poised, but still is going to be his first road start. I think you have to try to challenge him. You send some blitzes, you play man coverage on the outside, and you see if that works. And if it doesn't work, let's say Drew Allard throws two touchdown passes in the first quarter, then it's not like you can't switch up and you can't play too high safety the rest of the way. Um, I I just think early on, while the, the emotions and the adrenaline is high, I think you try to come after him a little bit.
2: I actually disagree with you a little bit uh i would try the two high safety uh look um part of that is i would trust the two defensive linemen that you have um you have two of the better ones uh, not only in the big 10 but in the country and do and yeah mix some blitz in don't be like uh Vic Fangio during the dolphins game on sunday where we didn't blitz until the very last drive of the game and hey look we ended the game anyway side note um yeah, so I think you come out, you trust the guys that are your best players to go. Try to have success against a sort of hobbled offensive line and kind of see what happens. So kind of play to your strengths. Don't panic and try to get away from things that you do well.
0: Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I that's a good point. You can trust those defensive ends to maybe make some plays for you. Um, I'll be very curious. I I am very curious because we talked about this when we were texting Sean, when Drew Aller is able to do what he does and you have the running backs you do at that point, you have to basically pick your poison. And we talked about this a little bit on Monday's show. It's an interesting concept. It, It is not an easy thing to do. Um, and so I'm very excited to see how everybody plays Penn State especially if Drew Aller continues to, to impress and these receivers continue to get open in man coverage. All righty, I'm going to stop real quick and say make sure you've liked the video if you're watching on YouTube and subscribe to the channel. And if you're listening on podcasts, please make sure you're subscribed wherever you're listening to the show. It helps a ton. I believe, Sean, we're ready to rock and roll. It's that time, huh?
2: I think so. That time where we tell you whether or not Penn state will win or lose on Saturday. That's correct. Um, Don't even have to watch the game.
0: No, no. We're going to tell you our bold predictions and we're going to tell you the score. So you just go watch Western Kentucky and Ohio state instead. I don't even know if that's at the same time, but go do that instead. (laughs) Or in my case, there's a little, a little charity thing that we actually going to do on Saturday. Um, But that, It's like a whole weekend thing. We're just going on Saturdays. And I know there's TV there, so I'll still probably be watching the game.
2: That's good. As I sit here and suffer from COVID for the third time,
0: I'll be just here this weekend. So right. So you got it, you officially got it today? Yesterday. So does that I don't even know what the rules are now. Do you you're not allowed to do anything for how long now? I mean you're vaccinated, so it's less, right? I I I don't I think they got
2: rid of that rule, but the rules change a lot. I, I think it's five days you're supposed to isolate. And then you're good, or you have to wear a mask. I think in public.
0: I don't you know. You just do whatever you want at this. I, point. I
2: know five days. I'll just stay here though, because I'm trying. Are to
0: you, be, going to the, are trying you going to the aisle Trying to do out? the right thing. I'm not. You're not going to the. I was gonna say, would you be good to go to the whiteout? I would. Yeah. I okay. Would. That's next Saturday. That's the only thing I was really hinting. I didn't really care yep. what you did with your life. I just, yep. was interested if you could go to the whiteout or not.
2: Yeah, Yeah, I would have been good. Um, I would have been going, but. I just picked between Illinois, or not Illinois, West Virginia and Iowa and I picked West Virginia.
0: Yeah, you know, to. you know, you know, if I would have made that decision, I would have picked Iowa every day. Of the oh, week. well, 100 <laughs> <laughs> percent. <laughs> yeah. Um, OK, <laughs> Um, I don't know who did bowl predictions first last time. Should we revisit those real quick? Let me go back here.
2: Yeah, see what it. oh, my season prediction, my season bowl prediction. Keaton Ellis, five turnovers. Oh, horse fumble Saturday! Wow, you pulled that Score one, out one. Of that
0: field. I totally forgot <laughs> about those. As soon as I saw it, I was like, "Ooh, that's one of the things I said." Wow, I, I that completely. I, I'm glad you brought that up because I would not yep. have remembered that <laughs> whatsoever. Let me see. I got to remember where my where those uh season preview where it started. Do you remember my bold prediction was? I feel like it was something to do with sacks.
2: I think you had the touchdown one.
0: Yeah, but I thought we did one for offense and defense. Yeah,
2: yeah, that's right. I don't even remember my offensive stats.
0: Okay, here it is.
2: My offensive prediction.
0: Um, Your offensive prediction was not great because you had Olu as a top four pick. Still feeling good about it. Yeah, but I feel like that's not very bold. Um, Excuse me. Defense has 50-plus sacks. was my bold prediction. You know, and so
3: they so had forty two there, they
0: had forty-two last year. Um you know, we gave Nebraska a lot of stuff. That are Nebraska's already at eleven sacks for what it's worth. Huh. Penn State currently has do you want to take a guess on how many sacks they have?
3: Um seven.
0: It's seven. Wow. Nice. <laughs> Thanks. So man. they got they got some work to do there. But again, we thought Illinois might be susceptible. So maybe they could pick up like six here again. That would be, that would get me right back on track. Well, that's the thing with this defense. I mean,
2: remember last year, it took, I don't think we had a sack against Purdue or something crazy like that. And it took Chop Robinson like three or four games to get a sack. And he just kept, he kept almost sacking the quarterback. And then he ended up pouring it on as the season went. So,
0: Tends to come in buckets with this defense. That one Delaware play where he literally destroys that defensive end, like that great snap. The fact that they didn't even call a hold on that is just inexcusable. It's awful. Um anyway, bold predictions. I'll go first with the bold predictions. Cause... Go ahead. Or oh, yeah, whatever. I'll go first for both. It doesn't that's fine with me. Uh my bold prediction for the Penn State, Illinois game on Saturday. I am predicting that Drew Aller will have four touchdowns four total touchdowns Ooh, Okay. not sure if i'm gonna go bold enough to say all four are passing i think that's a very high possibility that one of them is a qb sneak again um but i'm gonna go four total touchdowns for drew as my bold prediction yeah that's good with me um i think we have our first
2: explosive run of the season i'll say nick singleton has a run for 65 yards
3: All right, let me just write that down here.
0: Are we going to give you anything over, like, a 40-yard run, or does it need to be a touchdown, or what? Oh, it's a
2: touchdown, yeah.
0: Okay, anything over, we're just going to say anything over, like, 40, or what? Anything over 40. I mean, okay. I said 65, but, yeah,
2: yeah, I think an explosive run, yeah, 40 yards. So if it's, like, 64, I didn't want to give it to you. all right yeah all right yeah 40 plus okay
0: yeah (laughs) but it's gonna be 65 okay that's good to know (laughs) Illinois Penn State score prediction time I've thought really hard about this game and a lot of people are worried about it and I understand why they're worried I think it's officially labeled a trap game now I just think if you want this Penn State team to to be what you want this Penn State team to be, they need to be able to take care of business on the road against at least an inferior opponent talent-wise. Illinois does some good some good things. They are well-coached. But if you want to be great, you kind of have to prove that you're great in games like this. And so, I think Penn State flexes their muscles here. And... If they can get up early on the fighting line, I I think it can get ugly quick. I just don't know if Illinois has the ability to fight back into a game if they get down by a score or two. I think the defensive line and the front seven get after Drew Altmeyer as the game goes on. And I have Penn State winning big, 42-14. I think that they have the talent and they have the preparation, and now... They have the quarterback to be able to take care of the teams they're supposed to, whether it's at home or on the road. And they show that, and they show that they are a true contender, not just for the Big Ten, but for the college football playoff and the national championship with a 42-14 win over Illinois.
2: Yeah, I mean, I think most people who are paying attention right now already recognize Penn State as a national contender. I was on, I was on for an interview last night um check it I think it's up already with Big Ten Ted and he does a big Ten show all, for all the big Ten teams and it's nothing but positive things about Penn State like from Ohio State fans from Iowa fans just like penn like I think people recognize yeah this Penn State team is different than the past few years and how they've been with that said, I'm also going to take Penn State to win this one I think Penn State looks impressive. I think they they could hit some, str- not struggles, but they're going to have to punt more than they had. And that's okay. I'm going to say Penn State wins 34-10. I think it's close in the first half. wouldn't be surprised if it's like a 10-7 game even at halftime and people, the, the Chicken Little, start to panic a little bit. We're going to be fine. They don't have the horses to keep up with us. I think Drew does well against their secondary. I do think we break off an explosive play here um, with Nick Singleton. And I have Penn State covering again and winning rather comfortably.
3: Yeah, I think that's probably the more appropriate score. Um
0: I'm just curious what the Illinois offense looks like, right? Because that's going to really dictate it. Like Illinois' defense is going to do things, I I think. But if Illinois' offense struggles and that defense is out in the field a while, that that to me is the difference. You know, the first drive, I think Illinois' defense is going to be fine. But what happens if they're on the field for their sixth or the seventh drive of the half? You know, what is that, what does that defense then look like with some of their backups in? Because we always talk about – yes they have some good starters but what separates a great team from a good team when you're back you know your starters come out and your backups come in then what do you look like and that to me is when when penn state makes their move on illinois so um that is kind of the point you know watch illinois when they sub players out and watch what penn state then does and let's see how they attack them i think that will say a lot about that game and and how much success they have but um I just think Sean, I don't even know if Penn state is ready to be a team that wins on the road in the big 10, 42, 14 against, I don't want to say like they're a bad team, but like they're better than Indiana, right? Like they're better than the Indiana. Right. They're better than, you know, the teams Penn state faced at the end of last year's season. Are they ready to beat the brakes off of a team? That's one tier above that. Are they ready to not let a road environment affect them? Can they just take care of business and, and be consistent? That to me, I, I don't know if they're there yet or not, but this is another opportunity for them to prove that they are there. Would you take Illinois over West Virginia? I would take Illinois over West Virginia. Uh, the The reason why I have this as a higher scoring game is because I think the defense has already figured out some things mm-hmm. since that West Virginia game. And so I think... Um, they're going to be better from that standpoint. But also, I don't think, besides Isaiah Williams, there's nobody on Illinois that scares me. West Virginia had some playmakers. Garrett Green was a better playmaker than I even gave him credit for. But also Devin Carter was a pretty good playmaker for them. And and Donaldson, I think, is a better running back than anyone Illinois has. So um, they learned a lot from that West Virginia game. I think West Virginia would lose against Illinois, but not necessarily because of Illinois or because of Illinois' offense, right? I think it's Illinois' defense is the reason why they would beat West Virginia uh, when it's all said and done. I just thought West Virginia defense has so many cracks and holes in it. Um, Yeah. That's what really cost them the game more than maybe West Virginia's offense. West Virginia's offense did some decent things. Uh, But the reason I have that score different is because I think Penn State's learned a lot in the last two weeks. And, and, and if they played West Virginia, say they played West Virginia next week instead of Iowa, I think that game gets even uglier.
2: <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, yeah. And in my guys like I think Corey would agree, too. If we went 3410 against Illinois. Yeah, that's fine. That's right where we should be competing for the things we should be that we think we're capable of. And I think I would take. A 24 point win on the road against any team in the Big Ten, except maybe Northwestern. Maybe I'd want a little more. But I mean, last year we beat Northwestern 17 7 and didn't really, uh, I I think everybody kind of forgot about that. So I think Penn State fans walk out a Saturday happy with how they played. And I mean, the atmosphere is going to be off the roof, you know, or the buildup is going to be off the roof, leading in Iowa. I wish I was living in state college like Corey was for next week.
0: Are you Are you trying to move in? Is that what you said?
2: Do you want to be roommates?
0: <laughs> I better, I better, I don't want to get in trouble. I better keep that, better keep that off the, the radio waves. Um, no, that, that's a good point, Sean, just to wrap up here, you know, Penn State wins by 24 points. I'm ecstatic. Um, Just, just fantastic with that. So, but I, I think they're gonna do more. I'm not sure why, but I could see it. I, I will I wanna see them do more too. Just and I think I the defense wanna. I think the defense could
2: lead could help lead to some points. Exactly. Too. I think we could see a turnover where we're already starting inside the red zone or something. And that's that helps the offense. Complimentary football kids.
0: That makes it easy. That makes it easy. Thank you guys so much for listening to this episode. State media on YouTube is the place to be. I mean, it's just so much content coming out on our YouTube channel right now. The players podcast just recorded another episode with Theo Johnson. Um, Jerry Cross, uh, Anissa Hawkins, Nick Dawkins have done a fantastic job over there. They've been fun to listen to. And then Brandon Bell, who's just on the show tonight, him and Hack just recorded their third episode. Um, So literally, if you're watching or listening to this on Thursday, you got two days to just take in a bunch of content here on state media. Uh, But thank you so much for listening to our show. Um, please make sure to like and subscribe on YouTube and subscribe wherever you're listening on the podcast. And we will be back on Monday to rehash this. I still do plan on doing a film room. I might do it tonight. I might do it Thursday. I haven't decided yet. It's going to get out there. Apologize for it being a little bit late, but so is life. (laughs) Yeah. Awesome. We look forward to seeing it. Awesome. Well, for Sean Kane, I'm Corey Lestoke. You've been listening to hardcore Penn State football. Until Monday, have a good weekend and hopefully see you after Penn State victory. Yes, see you, sir. Soon.
2: Have a good week, everybody.